0: I get so many first day of school questions every year that I knew I just had to do a podcast episode all about it. But I believe it's not just the first day of school we should focus on, but the first 10 days of school, because those, in my opinion, are the most important days of the school year. I'm your host, Vanessa Levin, and on this podcast, I'm gonna share the tools and training you need to teach better, save time, and live more. If you're ready to get started teaching smarter, not harder, then head over to prekpages.com to learn more. Some of the questions I get asked over and over again each summer are questions like What do you put out in each center? Or What does your schedule look like on the first day of school? Or What types of activities do you do on the first day of school? But before I answer those questions, let me tell you a little story. During my 20 years in public education, I worked with many, many new teachers over the years, but one teacher in particular stands out in my memory because she was hired the day before school started. Yes, you heard me right, the day before school. You see, we had an unexpected population explosion in our area, and we had 50 pre-k students enrolled in one class so we really quickly had to hire at least one new teacher right so this young lady was hired the day before school started and she had no prior teaching experience as we say in texas bless her heart so she started the first day and to say that her first few days of school were chaotic would be a huge understatement as it would be for anybody hired the day before school starts So about three or four days into the school year, the team received an email from the principal, and the subject line said, no more scissors or glue sticks for (laughs) pre-K. Not an email that you want to get on the third or fourth day of school. So it turns out that the nurse had been seeing so many students in her office from this particular teacher's class who had had cuts from scissors or who had eaten glue sticks that she had gone to the principal because she was very alarmed and was concerned for the children's safety. So lesson learned, right? When it comes to helping new teachers, make sure they know about scissors and glue sticks. But really what it came down to was Telling new teachers what works and what doesn't and saying things over and over again are not as helpful as we thought, because we always assume that they knew more than they did. And the same is true with our kids. Quite often we assume they must know not to eat glue sticks, right? Certainly by the age of four, they would know that, or certainly they would know not to cut. But that's not always the case with young children. And in case you're wondering what happened to that young teacher, let me just tell you, she's still teaching. She's a fantastic teacher. She has been teacher of the year since then. And this was many, many, many years ago. And she has definitely learned from all that. But if that story sounded familiar to you, there is hope. So there's no magic pill that makes the first 10 days of school go smoothly, but there are some very important steps that you can take to ensure that you have your best year ever by setting yourself and your students up for success. So tip number one for the first 10 days of school is your schedule. Always, always, always go for quality over quantity, right? So you don't want to try to shove every single thing that you did at the end of last school year into the first 10 days, because your kids at the end of the last school year had much longer attention spans. They were much more mature. They were a whole year older. You have to go back to the beginning of things, right? The beginning of the school year and the attention spans of the children that are in front of you at that moment, right? So we have to go for quality over quantity. We can't shove everything in. And gradually, over time, your schedule will be able to accommodate more things as your children learn and grow. So tip number two is centers. What should you have on your shelves in your centers? And the key here is to remember less is more. So what you had on your shelves in your centers on the last day of school last year is not what you're going to have on your shelves for the first day of school, right? And for new teachers, they don't really have a reference because they didn't have a last day of school last year. So we need to be very specific about what we put out, what less than what. If they're new, they won't know. So less is more just means very few things on the shelves. And those few things that are there should be very basic, simple things that kids might have been exposed to before. Ready to get individual help applying teaching best practices in your classroom from qualified mentors? Check out our incredible professional development resource and support program exclusively for early childhood educators at teachingtrailblazers.com. So for example, people, people always ask, what should I have in my writing center for those first few days? Well, my argument is that Most four-year-olds don't come to preschool or pre-K, raring to go to the writing center, right? That's more of an academic center. They're not going to want to go there those first few days. So if you're going to have it open, then I suggest having just some paper, some crayons, and some markers. Just having an area where they can go and freely explore writing if they want to is going to be the way to go if you're going to have that center open. We talk about powerhouse centers. Powerhouse centers are centers like blocks and dramatic play. You're going to have a little bit more out there, right? You're going to have your blocks and your block center. That's a lot of stuff, actually. So you really don't need a whole lot more than that. Anything more then just becomes a distraction for them in the beginning of the year. Dramatic play, also less is more here, is really, really crucial because the dramatic play center has a lot of parts and pieces. So... I've created a centers list for the beginning of the year that I'll tell you about coming up shortly so that you don't have to guess. Tip number three is no products. That means no product art for the first 10 days. And some would argue not ever in preschool. And I would agree with that, but the pressure is real, right? The peer pressure is real. We're surrounded by cute product art all over social media. Everyone and their brother is doing some cute project, and parents sometimes expect it because they see it as proof of learning. And there are even some administrators who pressure teachers to create product art with their kids those first 10 days, especially in for-profit programs, because they want to show the parents the value. All of that aside to say, just say no to glitter, glue, scissors, cutting and pasting, gluing pasta, anything like that for the first 10 days. You'll thank me later, believe me. You don't have time in those first 10 days to work on product art because you're going to be so busy building relationships and routines in your classroom that you're gonna set yourself up for failure if you're working on products those first 10 days. Those first 10 days are so crucial. They're almost sacred. Nothing should touch them, right? Nothing should come in between you and your students. In your goal, which is to establish a really strong, solid foundation for the rest of the year and product art is going to derail that. So remember, tip number three, no product art those first 10 days. Tip number four is ignore the teacher next door. That's right. I said it. Don't worry about what the other teachers are doing. You can't compare apples to oranges. You do you right? You do what's best for you and your students and let the teacher next door worry about her or him and their students, right? We can't compare apples to oranges because nobody is just like you. Isn't Didn't Mr. Rogers say that? Now, if you're worried about the parents comparing you to the other teachers or you're worried that they're expecting something from you those first 10 days other than really high quality, good, solid instruction, building relationships with their kids, then that is something you should address with them during your open house orientation, meet the teacher, whatever you call it time. You can avoid that problem by letting them know up front. You won't be seeing any art projects coming home because, and then explain the reasons why. The first 10 days are sacred. Say that. Let them know that, Your top priority is building a relationship with their child and setting their child up for success in school by creating this really solid foundation. And that is how you do it, by not taking the focus off of the child and putting it onto a product art that's either going to go in the circular file or end up on a refrigerator. So if you're not going to worry about the teacher next door and you're not going to worry about parents comparing you and you've told your parents you're not going to be creating any process art projects during those first 10 days, what can you do to show the parents proof of learning, to show your administrators proof of learning? How can you do that? And the simple answer is photographs, is to take photographs of the children and share them with your parents in whatever way that your program has set forth and deemed acceptable, right? Parents just want to know that their kids are okay and that they're learning. I don't think the method and how you go about doing that matters so much, whether that's product art or whether those are photos. So photos can serve in that very same capacity. They're very quick and easy. And they're going to make the parents feel more at ease. Your administrators will feel more at ease. It's a win win for everybody. Now, tip number five is troubleshooting. And this one is easier said than done. Anytime that you see something not working during those first 10 days, you need to stop and reflect and think and ask yourself this question What can I do differently to create a different outcome? Instead of blaming the children, which is very easy to do. Oh, these kids don't listen. This is the worst group ever. What we need to do instead is to reflect on it, reflect on the situation and say, what can I do differently to create a different outcome? So for example, if your kids are cutting each other with scissors, you look at that and you say, Oh, I taught them how to use those scissors on the first day of school, but obviously they didn't learn it. What can I do differently? So one of the things might be, well, some of my kids are only three, so I probably shouldn't leave those in centers. I'm going to take them out and I'll introduce them in small groups later to make sure that all the kids have the support they need and they really learn the rules and routines around scissors. If you see your kids are not cleaning up or they're pushing in line or whatever it is, these are all normal behaviors. These are all very normal behaviors. But what can I do differently to create a different outcome? So let's say they're pushing in line. They're not bad kids. They're normal kids. So I'm going to say to myself, well, maybe we should practice lining up more. Maybe I could gradually release them to line up a few kids at a time, right? So maybe you could use one of those songs where you say, if you're wearing a blue shirt, line up. If you're wearing a blue shirt, line up. That's a piggyback song. I just made that up. Take whatever tune you want and use it to in- invite children to line up in different ways. If you're wearing stripes, line up. If you're wearing stripes, line up. Now, if you only have one kid wearing stripes, that's great because now you're basically just calling Michael. Um, you can do it a lot of different ways. You can use their names. You can use their clothing. You can do any number of things. If you have laces in your shoes, line up things like that. So that would be one way to do something differently to see if you could get a different outcome. Maybe you need to practice lining up more often. Maybe you need to read a story about waiting for your turn and lining up. Whatever that is, you've got to try doing something differently so you can get a different outcome. So why should you care about these five tips that I shared with you? Well, you see, these five tips are going to set the stage for success for the rest of the school year. The reason the first 10 days of school are so sacred is that you're spending those 10 days getting to really know your students and build relationships. And hey, it could be way longer than 10 days. Let's be real. Some years it takes longer than others. Other years it goes more quickly and you don't need those full 10 days. But for just general purposes, we'll call it 10. You're setting your kids and yourself up for success for the rest of the year. So let's think back. We talked about what is on your shelves. What would happen if you just put everything out on your shelves on the first day of school? Chaos would reign, right? Kids would just get everything out. They would dump. They would run around the room. They would make a mess. And there's nothing wrong with that per se. But if we want our classrooms to run smoothly and we want to have our kids know how to clean up, put things away, get things out, how to use them appropriately, not destroy materials, then it's probably in our best interest to put things out gradually, right? And to have some semblance of order and routine in the centers. So that's why we put very little out in the beginning of the year. We're setting the stage for success. And what about our schedule? What if we try to do all these things in our schedule? that you know the schedule looks great on paper, but if we try to cram too much into the day with little kids, it just falls to pieces because what do we know about little kids and transitions? They don't do them very well, especially at the beginning of the year. The transition they have the most difficulty with is transitioning from home to school, right? That in and of itself was a humongous change for the children in your classroom. And then we're gonna have them lining up to go to the bathroom and then recess and washing our hands and listening to a story and learning about centers and making friends, singing songs. I mean, it's so much. It's so much for their little tiny bodies and brains that were overwhelming them. So let's ease into what school is like by gradually including more things into our schedule as they become comfortable with the whole idea of leaving home and going to school. Because quite often, this is their very, very first experience with school. We can't take for granted that all of these transitions we're throwing at them are gonna be easy. Because for many, many kids, those transitions are not easy. So think about that. And what will happen if you try to do those super cute and adorable product art projects those first 10 days? you're probably going to have some issues with glue use, scissor use, following you know, the procedures and the routines. You're going to have all kinds of issues because you're going to be focused on that product and not on the other children. And is it really important? What is our goal the first 10 days of school or for the rest of the year for that matter? Is our goal to get our kids to do cute product art Or is our goal to build a relationship with each and every one of our students and create a school family to help things go more smoothly all year long in our classrooms? Which one is more important? So let's ditch the product art and focus on what really is important during that very, very crucial, sacred first 10 days. And what happens if we get sucked into the whole comparing ourselves to the teacher next door? we lose focus, right? It's not about us. It's not about competing with another teacher. It's about doing the best we can for the students we have in our classrooms. We can't fall victim to the whole comparison thing. And if we do, we're doing our students a disservice. So just as Elsa says, let it go. And most importantly, if we don't troubleshoot when problems arise during those first 10 days, those problems will persist all year long. So if you notice a problem with cleaning up or if you notice a problem with lining up and chances are you will because those are normal behaviors, then we have to troubleshoot in order to make it better right now, right? So if you want to start working smarter, not harder, when it comes to the first 10 days of school, then you might want to check out my free, yes, I said free, first 10 days of school lesson plans. So for my viewers on the screen, you can see I printed these out on colored paper just to give them some contrast here. You can totally print them out on white paper. But this is the answer to all of the questions that I get every year about what does the first 10 days of school look like? So first things first, I've actually written out the lesson plans for you. And there's an editable template, editable as in you can type in the text, not eat it. <laughs> editable template for you. There's one for week one and one for week two. And each week has five days. Now, if you teach a Tuesday, Thursday or a Monday, Wednesday, Friday, then just break it up until you have covered the 10 days of school for that class. So we've got those completely done for you. And yes, they are free. We've got what is in each center on that first day. There's actually a supply list, right? Like materials list. What will you put on the shelves? Now, if you've been teaching for a long time, if you've been teaching for as long as I have or longer, there's many of you out there who are lifelong learners and veterans, then maybe these won't be as helpful for you. But chances are you're going to run across a new teacher who could use these and you can always tweak them to meet your own needs. Then we've got my super popular scripts, right? This is what that new teacher um, that got in trouble for the scissors and the glue could have used. So these are actual scripts that you can give to new teachers or use yourself about how to introduce every single center so that your kids fully understand what they can and can't do there. And these have been very, very helpful to many, many teachers over the years. And then week two, I printed in green and we've got the same thing. We've got the materials that are in each center and I added the extra centers there on the bottom as well. So you get the centers that you introduced the first week plus the ones from week two. And then we've got the week two lesson plans. So there's two full weeks. And then we have got the centers that you introduce in week two. We've got those scripts then we've got a beginning of the year book list. That is another question I get a lot. And here's the thing about the books you read in the beginning of the year. They have to match the attention span of the kids that are in front of you. And what do we know about young children on the first day of school or those first 10 days? They have a very short attention span. So you have to use the most engaging, fun books that you can. And there's a book list there for you as well. And then the frequently asked questions. So once people ask, what do you put on your centers? What's your schedule look like? What kind of activities you do? Then they have follow-up questions like, when should I start adding more materials to each center? When do I start with the center management routine? When do I start with the linear calendar? When do I start with classroom helpers? All of that stuff. The answers to those questions are in there as well. And again, that's a freebie just for you for being a follower of Pre-K Pages, whether you listen to the podcast, whether you watch us on YouTube, however you choose to interact with us. That's one thing that I wanted to make for you that I know will be super helpful, not just for you, but I do encourage you to pass it on to other teachers who might find it helpful, teachers who are new, whether they're new to teaching or new to Pre-K. Because if you were a fifth grade teacher last year and you've been moved down to Pre-K, it is an entirely different world. (laughs) <laughs> Would you agree? It is, they're 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 not at all alike, right? Your fifth graders are independent in the bathroom, let's hope. Your fifth graders know how to write. They know how to read in most cases. And it is just nothing like pre-K. So it doesn't matter if you're a brand spanking new teacher straight out of college. It doesn't matter if you were a fifth grade teacher last year and now you teach pre-K. It doesn't matter if you started your in-home preschool and this is your very first time teaching ever, all of this will help you. So that is my goal with these first 10 days of school lesson plans. These are the exact lesson plans that I used in my very own classroom for many years with great success. When I started teaching smarter and not harder during those first 10 days of school, my entire year went so much more smoothly it was an incredible difference. And just by making a few tweaks to what I had been doing made a world of difference. And I hope that you will experience the same. So if you want to start working smarter, not harder during those first 10 days of school, then you might want to grab a copy of this free first 10 days of school lesson plans that I created just for teachers like you. Teachers of preschool, pre-K, kindergarten, Head Start, in-home childcare, and more. And if you're listening, you can find these at pre-K pages. And if you're watching on YouTube, you can click on the link below this video. Until next time, I'm Vanessa Levin. Onward and upward. Thank you so much for listening to Elevating Early Childhood. Do you have a question that you'd like me to answer, raw and uncut, right here on the podcast? All you need to do is head over to Apple Podcasts and follow these three simple steps. Step one, leave an honest rating and review telling me what you think of the podcast. Step two, in that review, ask anything you want related to early childhood education. And step three, if you'd like a shout out, leave your Instagram handle or name for me right there in your review. That's it, easy squeezy, lemon peasy. Then listen in each week for a chance to hear your question answered right here on the podcast. Until next time, I'm Vanessa Levin from Elevating Early Childhood. Onward and upward.